his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. The Mark Reardon Show. I hate people individually, but I love mankind. Oh, you do. The Mark Reardon Show. I got into broadcasting because I like to give. Sometimes I find myself hurting from giving too much. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. The Mark Reardon Show is on now. Well, I, I've been really kind of spending most of my day at home with my daughter who didn't have school again. I think she's had like 13 days of school the entire month. And then if you go back to December, I think if you go to mid-December, she's only had 13 days of school. Now, she was out because of travel, but this one, Sue, might have been deserved. It was slippery yeah. out there, wasn't oh, it? Oh, this one more so than the last yes, one, Yes, sure. I, I would agree. Well, look, last night I went out, probably I was letting the dogs out, and I was around the hot tub at one point, and I felt the top of the hot tub was all slippery and icy. I'm like, uh, Ooh, this is not uh-huh. going to be good. Uh-huh. So uh, I saw most of you tell me, did most of the accidents occur last night or into this morning? Uh, they were into this morning, but last night is the one where there was a multiple vehicle accident, almost 20, that kind of stuff. The, the, the picture that was in the uh, local paper, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and I think they referenced somebody from Belleville, who was another media person who had crashed. Did you see that? It was an amazing picture. No, it I'll shows have to go a, look a at it. a bunch of cars just all kind of tangled up. It was one of the better, not, not that I liked to highlight car wreck stories and videos, but it was a pretty good picture. All right, well, let's get moving here for a Monday, and I want to recap a few things that happened over the um, the weekend. Let me go back to Friday night. I think I told you I was going to do this. I went to Chris in the Country's 50th birthday party. Yes, you sent us a picture. It looked really nice. Yeah, How's it was he awesome. Doing? Went to this place called... Uh, Brewskis, spelled with a Z and a... Subtle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brewskis. Yeah. And Chris turned 50 a week ago. Chris, for those people who um, don't remember, he was the guy who called my show back during 2016. He was a big Trump guy, thought Trump was going to win. I was much smarter than Chris, far superior intellectually, <laughs> told him there's no way, and, and if if he wins, I'll shave my head. Well, one thing led to another. I'm pretty sure Trump won. I yeah. did not shave my head. I no, wiggle, wiggle out of that. And we became friends. And then Chris was shot on uh, the night before Thanksgiving up in Farmersville, where he lived, Farmersville, Illinois. And he's had this amazing recovery that we've chronicled. And he uh, he was a little crabby last week because of some things that kind of had him take a step backwards. But he's doing pretty well overall. And he did Good. have the birthday party. Got to meet some of his uh, extended family. Oh, that's nice. On Friday night. So that was great. Um, 
And then you had football over the weekend. Holy Toledo. Mizzou basketball. Mizzou basketball was amazing. I don't know was if you watched it? any of that. Yes, they no. beat the living daylights out of Iowa State, a ranked team. Now, the new rankings came out today, and Mizzou is not in the top 25, which I'm okay with that, only because okay. I think it gives them a little bit more motivation. And I think they're going to be fine, but they looked really good. Um, did you watch the Chiefs game? I had yes. a feeling. I remember last year you were going for Joe Burrow in this yes, nonsense. Yes, I love Joe Burrow. Okay, were you still going for them yesterday? Yeah, I still was. Okay, didn't happen for no. the uh, but Bengals. But listen, I'm not anti-Kansas City. It was fun. It was fun to watch. But boy, those last... Oh, well. So do you hmm. do you know the whole story behind the, the mayor of Cincinnati and his nonsense? No, what happened? Okay, so let me, let me play this for you because... I just never, I never think this is a good idea only because you, uh, and I know that they do cute little things like this when Is this when like cities, a mayoral bet kind uh, of Well, thing? no, not really. This is a little different than that. You know, there's already those, and there were some of those that existed between lawmakers. I saw, you know, Senator Hawley throw down over something related to this game. Maybe he was challenging someone on the uh, Super Bowl matchup. But anyway, the mayor of Cincinnati, Avtab Puravel, I don't even Say know what? if that's, yeah, I don't know. Excuse it's me. One of those names or something like that. He put this out. They do these uh, proclamations, you know? You know, the mayor does a proclamation, whereas, yeah. whereas, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. Here's what he did here. Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC championship. All right, Burrowhead, Burrowhead? Stadium. Yeah, because Joe Burrow. I get it, yeah, but right, what yeah. is it? More points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Well, whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, here's the key part. who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test confirming whether or not he's his father. All right, so that one in particular got the um, the attention of... That's so dumb. It is kind of dumb. But so uh, Pat Mahomes' wife chimed in on that and said basically that. That's pretty dumb. But the first thing, when I saw that story about his wife complaining about the Cincinnati mayor, because I never saw the thing that the Cincinnati mayor saw, then yesterday I'm getting ready for the games and I see that I think it's Brittany Mahomes tweeted yeah. out this is yeah. pretty nonsense well the first thing what's the first thing you thought of is there anything it's bulletin what, besides board that's dumb well it is dumb but it's also motivation for the other team well you know what it is it's also the world's biggest jinx <laughs> well right so listen to travis kelsey after the game wise words for that cincinnati mayor know your role and shut your mouth you jabroni <laughs> you gotta fight for your Oh, of course you do, right? <laughs> How awesome was that? You know, there were some controversial calls and a lot of excitement. The first game didn't go so well because, well, I would argue the first game went downhill. It was a blowout. At the very moment that Anita Baker started singing that national anthem because oh. that was a disaster. My daughter was in the room at the time, and Wait, I said— I didn't hear it. It was oh, bad. And Anita I don't, don't want to play— I, 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 have fond memories of Anita yeah. Baker when she used to sing in the 1980s as well. Yeah. Uh, at this time, oh I kind of want to play more Beastie Boys, but no, it was it was just awful. In fact, I said oh. I'm listening to it, and I said to my daughter, she was in the room. I said, "Do you think that was good?" She goes, "No, it was terrible," <laughs> and and she was not wrong. And then you know you had injuries, and they're on to their fourth string quarterback. Brock yeah, Purdy gets hurt. And it, that didn't turn out to be a compelling game. Last night was a very compelling yes, game. Yes, it was. Mahomes hobbling around, Ugh, trying to get things done. It crazy. was a good fight. There were some questionable calls, of course, on the part of the officials. But there's always questionable calls I, on the part I, of the I officials. I did not think it was that bad. Well, here's Jim Gray talking about that. And the officiating yesterday uh, is going to be a lot to leave desired. Uh, Ron Torbert and that crew uh, gives Kansas City an extra down. It turns out that they did try and blow the play dead. Uh, and then at the end... Uh, Osai, uh, Ossie, uh, he just uh, pushes the guy out of bounds. It's a clear foul, 
And so Harrison Buckner comes in and kicks that 41-yard field goal, gets a 15-yard advantage. You know, the third down thing, they well, stopped the clock. That didn't end up having an effect on no. the game. Now, the final play did have an effect on the yes. game. It gave him 15 yards. Buckner got closer. But that was clearly by the rules that the NFL has. Now, was the guy on momentum? I get it. You're, you're trying to okay. make sure he doesn't get enough yards. Should that have been a penalty? Well, according to the rules in the NFL, it is. Well, I thought he pushed him afterward. I get the momentum thing, but you can actually, I mean, you watch the replay, and it looks like he does it afterwards. I think it was more than momentum. Right. So that's why it was a Exactly. A penalty. I think it was a fair penalty. So you have uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes has a couple of weeks to, you know, recover from the high ankle injury. He didn't look good at some points yesterday, but he was he was working on adrenaline and just you know, the desire to get back to the Super Bowl and then motivated by the Cincinnati mayor and others. But that was an exciting game yesterday. Uh, you know what happened on Friday, though? Let me let me kind of go back to Friday evening and Friday afternoon. We were here during the roundtable. Uh, Sue, I don't know what you did, but on my way home on Friday, so I leave here at 6 o'clock. They're releasing the video right around that time. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to, um, to Jesse Kelly and Fox on the way home along with CNN. It was a little difficult because... I did not see the video. I heard the description of the video. Then when I got home, I told Becky, I'm like, well, Alexa doesn't need to see this. I'm no. going to go in the basement. I'm going to check out the video. Um, it was pretty horrific. The way the, Here's the thing that I don't understand mainly, and I don't know if there's something missing from this story, not that it really matters in the end with the charges or the action on the part of the, the, uh, the officers, but the, the part that's missing is what the hell got them all juiced up to, to do that in, in the sense that there was no gun, there was no knife. You know, that, that's the thing with most of these cases with those of us who support the police. If you're resisting arrest, if there's a gun involved, you reach for a gun, you turn around, you point a gun, you have enough. Look, you're going to likely get killed, mm-hmm. right? You're going to get shot. Mm-hmm. You're going to get taken out. In this particular situation, there wasn't any of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what exactly precipitated the running the, the way know. I know but they were just wailing on this guy I, I, from the I, one I, camera I, I, that was from the light now of course we thought well maybe the reaction is going to be a little different because we have five black officers and a black victim and in fact lo and behold guess what the reaction was quite different uh-huh. wasn't it I mean I was encouraged that I woke up on Saturday morning it was the first thing that I checked I was up pretty late on Friday and when I was going to bed it was still a little light. I don't think it was light in, in L.A., but once it got dark out west, you wonder, well, are things going to happen out there? It was pretty quiet. We, we didn't have a lot of violence. You, you still have people out there that are upset, and there were some peaceful protests. So I think the, the city of Memphis deserves some you know credit here. And by the way, that police chief, a couple of things about her. I think she did a great job last yes. week in handling this. She's got some you know things in her past that are not exactly great either back in New Orleans when there was a case that was controversial. But one of the things that I understood was that that office, and I don't know if it was the chief in particular, was on the phone or a Zoom call with with police departments all over the country and saying, look, this is coming. Here's what we know. This is a bad video, right? So you need to be on alert because we don't know what's going to happen. But here's the most amazing thing, and maybe it shouldn't surprise any of us. I just want to make it very clear to people listening this afternoon, whether you think that this was a racist attack or not, you'd say, oh, my instincts tell me, look, you're black people uh, with another black dude. It can't be white supremacy. Oh, of course it can be white supremacy. Well, it has to be white supremacy because that's the only other thing that can be right now. And this is exactly what you have with, you know, all the folks. Here's Ben Crump on ABC. I believe it's part of the institutionalized police culture that, makes it somehow allowed. It doesn't matter if the officers are black, Hispanic, or white. 
is part of the culture. So you believe there was racial bias towards Tyree, even though all five of those officers who've been charged with second-degree murder are black? Absolutely. It is not the race of the police officer that is the determining factor. It is the race of the citizen. Oh. Oh. Okay. See, I, I just needed that to be made clear for me because I was very, very confused. And I know that it's I'm very clear on the notion that it is not possible for someone who is black to be racist against another race. That That is unacceptable and not even conceivable. So if you're black and you act in a way that might be deemed uh, hateful toward white people or Asians or Latinx people, I prefer that term, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, well, that's not racist because you're the only group of people that are the victims of racism. But that's exactly the uh, the narrative they're going with right now. And it went on. Here's And this was a column that was written, you know, even before this video was out. Van Jones writes a column saying, well, it's still probably racism. Well, I think there's some people that they, they don't understand the way that racism functions. And if it's not a cartoon example of a white cop and an unarmed black person, then they say race cannot happen. But we know, you know, Don, uh, self-hatred is real. Uh, people... Uh, these these messages that black people are violent, black people are, are unworthy, black people are suspect, they hit everybody. It's not just, you know, a, a few white guys listening to this. It's pervasive. And so all too often, all too often, even a, a black store owner might see a black kid come in and be suspicious, uh, see a white kid come in and be solicitous, and not even realize that he or she is playing out these same racial stereotypes that they otherwise would oppose. It's, it's not as simple. It's the race of the victim you have to track. If you have an mm, overwhelming number of points. black victims, you have a problem with racism, even if there are black cops doing it. Really? Let's say that the overwhelming number of quote-unquote victims are the people that are pointing guns at police. You can go to this Washington Post database where they track all of the police shootings out there. And what you will find is 99% of them are involving officers that are dealing with suspects that don't cooperate, that have had past criminal records, that point guns at them, that fight with them, that are on fentanyl, that are on PCP. So is it is it racism to be that store owner, the black store owner says, look, look, look what's happening. I got to be careful here because if I say something, well, then I'm canceled. Right. But it's always racism. And again, it's only racism in one direction. Here's a white chick. Libs of TikTok has been awesome highlighting these nutsos over the past couple of months. I got a message today for some white people. If we have white people listening, paying attention. I wouldn't mind if you would do this with me. We rub our chests, we find our heartbeat. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. And we say, we did this. Yes. We did what? This. We White did it, Sue. did this. Come on. I'm talking about Tyree Nichols. Yes. The police didn't do this. No. The Memphis Police Department didn't do this. No. White supremacy did this. Yes. Yes. I just want to make sure as Let we me... start the week. Well, Sue, don't challenge her. Do not <laughs> challenge her. White supremacy. White supremacy did this. If that, you just have to accept that. If at this that point. were the case, wouldn't there have been more protests since it's a general problem? I don't know. I'm confused by that as well. Yes. But she says that white supremacy caused this, so I'm going with white supremacy. <sighs> you have Jamel Hill and all the other nutbags out there because they don't know what else to do. What do they do? Well, that's they a talk about point. the fact that you know a lot what? of this crime is committed by African Americans. That, for the most part, Heather McDonald was on Fox on Friday night. She did a great job. Ooh, I think they had course. to dial her down just a little bit. But let's face it: if we want to talk about the facts, and how many times does this? Even even happen across the country where there's a victim that is um, 
you know, that dies at the hands of police. It doesn't happen that often. And it certainly doesn't happen. I'm not justifying anything. It was outrageous what happened. I don't understand it. And by the way, it seems to me like the system's working because as it was the exact opposite with Darren Wilson and Mike Brown, there was no crime that was committed. The protesters, the, uh, you know, the Al Sharptons and the Ben Crumps of the world, they wanted Darren Wilson to be charged. They made it very clear. They didn't care whether or not there was an actual crime. They wanted him charged with a crime to send a message. And their position all along was, well, if we can at least get that accountability. No, you don't have accountability on something that didn't happen. If the law was broken, well, then you prosecute and you um, take it to a grand jury, which, by the way, they did here. The grand jury in the Mike Brown situation looked at all the evidence and said, nope, there was no crime that was committed. They mainly did that because no crime was committed. In this particular situation, there was a crime that was committed. And it's pretty clear at this point. And I think the attorneys for these officers are up against it. Now we've had a six officer who's been fired from the police department for, you know, I guess not doing enough on that particular night. But uh, we're going to get more reaction. Phil Holloway is going to join us on this particular topic. And There's a resurgence in the interest in the Tylenol murders from 40 years ago. We talked about those recently, and DNA evidence may come into play in that. We have Sue's News in the next hour. Kusamata will be here at 445, wrapping up some sports, and our good friend Josh Crossauer, 97.1 Political Insider, senior political correspondent at Axios, is going to talk about Ronald McDaniel getting reelected to the chair of the RNC and a bunch of other politics in the 5 o'clock hour. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I watched a depressing but very, very good movie over the weekend, and one of the producers is going to join us at the 5 o'clock hour. Have you heard about, because it was nominated heavily, um, not only in the BAFTAs, but the Oscars a week ago, Sue, All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a book that we were all forced to read when we were kids, Yes, right? we were. It's a war movie, right? Yeah, it is. And it's a, it's a German war movie. This the The film is in German, but you can watch it. I cheated, I'm going to have to admit. And I feel... Guilty what do you about mean this. you cheated? Well, because I'm actually a fan of someone in the past who has promoted people and said, look, watch, there are really good foreign films out there. One of the best that comes to mind, probably in my top five movies of all time, is Cinema Paradiso, an Italian film from maybe 30 years ago, which oh. is really, really good. And I say, look, don't be afraid of movies with subtitles. Well, this movie comes along, and they make it available on Netflix. You can watch it in the original form. Yeah. You can watch it in English subtitles, but you can also watch it when it's dubbed in English. <laughs> and and that's I, I watch the dub. That's all right. I know. But Daniel Dreyfus is one of the producers, and there's an amazing story. He grew up in Brazil, and I think he came... To St. Louis, and then he ended up in Columbia, Missouri. So there's some strong Missouri connections to that. It's a very, very difficult movie to watch because mm. it's just so harshly realistic. There are things in this particular war movie that I've never seen in war movies before, and I was I was very impressed. So we'll talk about that a little bit late later in the uh, five o'clock hour. With us right now, Phil Holloway back with us to talk about all this stuff with Memphis and beyond. Fox News legal analyst, former police officer. So I really want his opinion on the actions of the cops from Memphis. Phil, how are you? Happy Monday to you, if it can be a happy Monday. Yeah, happy Monday to you guys too. Hope everybody's doing well. Well, we're doing well because one thing that has been settled uh, this afternoon, I'm sure you're clear about this, or, or, you know, watching over social media, that this this was still white supremacy what happened in Memphis. You're buttoned up on that, right, Phil? Uh, oh, yeah, clear. Right. Crystal clear, absolutely, uh, because we all know that white supremacy lurks behind every uh, tree and under every rock, everywhere, just regardless of any other circumstances. Everything that plagues the world is, uh, is some symptom of white supremacy, of course. Well, what was your reaction? You know, I, I talked about going home on Friday, and it was obviously I, I listened to some of the coverage before I even saw the video, and then I sat and, and watched it before I had to go to a party on Friday night, but you used to be an officer. The one thing for, for me is that typically, Phil, and you and I have talked about a lot of these cases, um, Jacob Blake and beyond, and of course we are ground zero with Darren Wilson and Mike Brown here, but typically there's a gun that's pointed or you reach for a knife or something else that would be threatening a car, using a car as a weapon. There was none of that here. Well, a couple of observations here, and, and this is based on my experience as a patrol officer, and, and, and you know, and I, I'm still involved with, with it. It's, I'm an advisor to law enforcement. I go through all the same training every year. I keep up my certification and all that, and I try to stay plugged into to these issues. But look, when I started in this, we didn't do a lot of tasers. We didn't have those. We didn't have a lot of the goodies these uh, men and women carry around with them on their duty belts these days. But what I see here. Um, just as a uh, just as an initial matter, when they when they pulled Nichols out of the car, he was pretty quickly tasered, and they were screaming, "Get on the ground! Get on the ground!" and other things. and And it seems like they are so amped up that they yeah. just give these repeated commands to get on the ground, but he's still on the ground. And on top of that, there's multiple of them. I don't know. I can't tell at this point. This is in the first confrontation. There were multiple officers. He was on the ground. And then at some point, that wasn't good enough. Somebody wanted him on the stomach, which is fine. But they're shouting all sorts of things at him. Um, and imagine if you are, you know, Nichols at this point, and you got people screaming at you at the top of their lungs, and you feel like you've complied. 
he's on the ground, and, and his, the commands seem to be confusing and maybe contradictory. Um, he's, he's basically trying to figure out what the hell do they want him to do. And so they, they decide they're going to tase him, and guess what they have to do? Uh, they, have to, they have to let loose of him. They have to let him go and stand back so they can tase him. Well, guess what happens when, you've got it, when you're piled on the guy and you've got him on the ground under control and you get up and, and leave, he's going to get up and run for his life, which is what he did. Right. Uh, and then and then we hear these calls for retraining, okay? This is not a training issue because cops already know that it's a crime to beat a handcuffed man to death. They know not to torture people, and there's no amount of training, I don't think, that can instill basic human decency and morality. Um, and these guys just acted like animals. But is it a, is it a um, quality of hiring issue? And that's let me it play this. Be, let me get your reaction, Phil. This this is Van Jones, who spouted a lot of nonsense on CNN. But let me get your reaction to this. Uh, there are some things that we aren't even talking about that we should be. Federal money goes to local law enforcement every day, and yet there is no standard for local law enforcement to screen for sociopaths, for psychopaths at all. People don't, people don't know that. You literally have. Uh, 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 you know, thousands of police departments, they are hiring every day. There is no federal standard to make sure we don't have sociopaths and psychopaths. Start with that. I don't know how you would start with that, but I, here's where I think his point is interesting, and I heard some of this discussion over the weekend, Phil Holloway, is that, you know, because these departments and, you know, we see this across society, are desperate for workers, that are they lowering the standards too much? These were all young black yep. officers. Yeah, Van Jones is full of bull Stein, okay? You don't need to hit the dump button. This is BS, okay? Uh, you know, almost all law enforcement agencies have, as part of their hiring process, a psyche, a psyche valve. It's done um, by, you know, trained psychologists or maybe even psychiatrists, and they do their best to weed out some of these things. But I think the broader point that maybe we started lowering some standards, there probably is some truth to that, uh, as I understand it, particularly with respect to Memphis Police Department. So you're having, you know, negligence in, in hiring, negligence in training, well, not training, but supervising these guys. This, you know, they acted like gangsters. They acted like street thugs. They didn't act like police yeah. officers. So this is what is so perplexing is like, how in the world did did we get this particular subculture in this particular unit in this particular police department? How did it get that bad? Um, I think if we focus our our quest for answers, you know, looking for that answer is to, is to how did they, these guys didn't just walk on board the, the police department one day and go out and start acting like uh, criminal street thugs that immediately. Something happened, and it was a progression to get to this um, place with them, and, and how it got there uh, is, is what's important. But it, to say that there's no way to screen out sociopaths. I mean, obviously, are you going to get some that you know make their way through? Of course, nothing is perfect. But to say that there are no um, procedures in place to to do psyche valves on in, inbound cops is crazy. You know, I, I have a fair amount of friends, a uh, couple of closer friends who are police officers here in St. Louis. We have a lot of violence in in the city. We have people that are afraid to come downtown, unfortunately, from the suburbs. And one of the things that I was thinking about Friday night and into the weekend, Phil, when I was seeing these videos, is how all of these other officers feel and their families. Because I can't imagine being a, a good cop and watching this and then thinking, I have to go out and try to do my job when I know I'm going to be attacked by people. And also not only attacked by people ver- verbally, but you know that there are people out there that... And I'm a little surprised there weren't more confrontations over the weekend. 
They're going to try to push buttons over this with cops. And now, when their job was nearly impossible to begin with, it's even more impossible because of this video or these videos. Not, not only that, but think, think about, you know, they're going to lose um, a lot of officers to attrition sure. through the normal type of, you know, retirements. They're moving away, doing into selling cars or radio or something like that. So you're going to have some attrition. And, you know, they're already short. They're very short nationwide, not just in Memphis, but everywhere. So getting good quality applicants is going to be the problem because you're going to either have to do one of two things. You're going to have to make the pay really, really good, which is going to be a problem for any government job, or you're going to have to start taking more people that you would not have otherwise hired, or you're going to have to do without. You're going to have to operate short handed. Uh, and, and none of those are particularly palatable to police managers. But, you know, the, the need for cops is out there. The, you know, the demand is not going to go away. They're going to have to find some solution. Um, and I don't know what it is. I'm glad I'm not the one that is tasked with that. But the, the shortage of qualified applicants coming in at the very bottom Okay, who are starting out in their careers, the 25-year-olds or whatever with college degree, that kind of stuff, or even without a college, or maybe with a couple of years of college or something like that. The, the good quality applicants are going to be few and far between, and, and things like this make it less likely that that problem is going to resolve itself anytime soon. I don't even know what the solutions are because it's such a mess right now. Phil Holloway, Fox News legal analyst. Let me ask one more question about something that's unrelated here because I'm, I'm fascinated by this. We've seen a lot of cases that have come forward with DNA evidence from the past. Um, and I remember this story quite well from the early 80s. I was living here in St. Louis at the time, going to high school, but I had moved from Chicago, the suburbs of Chicago, in the late 70s, and this story took place in Wheaton, Illinois, which is one of the suburbs. It was September of 1982 when seven people were killed after taking Tylenol pills. They were known as the uh, Tylenol, you know, murders. And they never found out who the murderer was. There was someone who was arrested because he made threats in the aftermath, but they don't think that was the killer, Right. Yeah, and, and, you know, I remember that, too, and I think we might be aging and dating ourselves by— Probably. Tell, but but no, I remember hearing about this, and, I, you know, it's something that sticks out very vividly with me from my youth and my childhood. You know, and I don't know—I'm not an expert in DNA. I've, I've of course, dealt with it on a, in, in my practice and, and whatnot through the course of my career, but I, I do know a lot about cold cases. I do have some um, experience working with these cases, um, also with, in, you know, our podcast of mine— has dealt a lot with cold cases. So it, it's always things that, that uh, over time, you get advances in technology, you get um, additional evidence. You, you might even have some person that decides to, to, to drop a dime after several decades and tell what they know that will break a case wide open. And sometimes it might be after the perpetrator has maybe passed away. But these, these families and the, the survivors need this kind of closure. This DNA stuff, what they're trying to do is they're basically trying to um, use touch DNA to develop um, not necessarily the profile of the killer, but you know they're going to they're going to take the genes on this DNA that they find and and look to see where it might show up in a a distant relative a third or fourth or a fifth cousin and then they're going to try to give that information back to the investigators and kind of like they did in Idaho with those kill, those murders out there they can start putting it together with other information that they might already have to start narrowing it down to uh, hopefully identify a suspect 38 years after the murders and they're not giving up at this point which is very interesting it'd be nice to have some resolution in that particular case Phil Holloway awesome to have you on you have a great week hopefully a little bit happier than some of the things that happened last week 
Anytime, guys. Take care. All right, Thank take you. care. That's Phil Holloway with us at 97.1 FM Talk 341. I have um, kind of an interesting local connection to a sad story. There is an actress by the name of Annie Wershing. She was on the series 24, and some people might remember from other roles as well. She was born here in St. Louis, and there was a family connection that was actually related to these group of radio stations that I'll I'll explain. She passed away from cancer yesterday, so we'll talk about that coming up. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, coming up here on the uh, program in the next hour, we'll have Sue's News. Also, Patrick Ishmael, who is the Director of Government Accountability for the Show Me Institute. And we had this controversy over the drag show in Columbia from a couple of weeks ago. And... Uh, What's interesting about that is that Patrick wrote something that goes back, I think, even more than a year ago about some of the things they were doing in Columbia Public Schools with the 1619 Project. So there is a bit of a tie-in with that. We'll get into that in the next hour. Kusumano is going to be with us from Channel 5. We'll talk about the Chiefs and the Eagles, the Blues. Well, I don't know if we want to talk about the Blues. They keep losing. Um, The Cardinals, Mizzou's big win over Iowa State. SLU had a great win Friday night over Davidson. Um, And Josh Krausauer is going to be with us, senior political insider for Axios and also our 97.1 political insider right here on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. Oh, I should also mention Daniel Dreyfus. I find this story amazing. My friend Cindy Scheltmeyer, who I've known for a long time, is in Columbia, Missouri, recommended we get Daniel on the show. He is one of the producers of the film All Quiet on the Western Front, which was nominated for nine Oscars, a bunch of uh, BAFTAs. It was a book that we all had to read when we were younger. And Daniel has some strong St. Louis and uh, Columbia, Missouri connections. So we'll get into that 
in the next hour. I found this interesting. I mentioned Josh Crosshair is coming up. He's going to talk about this. This was Elizabeth Warren in a bit of a slip up, maybe, or an oops moment from the other night on Biden and Kamala. Yes, he should run again. Yeah. And he is running again because he has gotten a tremendous amount done. Could Kamala Harris be the, his choice the second time around? You know, I, I really want to defer to what makes Biden comfortable on his team. But they need, they have to be a team. And my sense is they are. I don't mean that by suggesting I think there are any problems. I think uh, they are. I think she is. I think she said that because she, she was suggesting problems. And one of the disa- the great disappointments, I think, with uh, politicians, and this, this is true on both sides, is they're never, ever willing to say what they believe or what they truly feel. Uh, I, I just they're incapable of it, both Republicans and Democrats. It would be so refreshing to have somebody say, like even Elizabeth Warren, she's terrible. We we got to get her off the ticket right? because everybody knows that and she knows that. But then she had to be careful with what she said. So I mentioned that Josh Crosshair is coming up. Here's what he said on Fox earlier today. I don't know what's worse, the, the, the slip up from Elizabeth Warren, which she later corrected. Or Kamala Harris's polling numbers. I mean, there are a lot of Democrats privately that are worried about uh, the vice president's political standing and her her polling numbers. If you look at the the 538 polling average, she's only at 38 percent with her job approval. And there are a lot of Democrats. I mean, one of the reasons you see a lot of Democrats encouraging Biden to run for reelection is that they're worried that Vice President Harris would be a, a, a less than ideal standard bearer if Biden stepped aside. So, uh, you know, it, it was very notable to hear Elizabeth Warren not instinctively giving Kamala Harris an endorsement to be on the ticket, at least at first. Josh Crossauer from uh, Axios. He was on Fox earlier. He'll join us in the five o'clock hour. And by the way, President Trump spoke over the weekend. Josh was there. I was up in New Hampshire this weekend to see President Trump give his first uh, campaign of his first campaign speech of the 2024 cycle. And look, uh, one of the things that was so much different from the past election is that this was not a big rally. It was a a crowd of New Hampshire political uh, rank and file Republicans, lawmakers, state officials. And it was a much smaller room, less enthusiastic crowd than the former president, I think, uh, is used to. All right. So we'll talk to him about that as well. He was at the um, the Trump speech. This is something else. I may investigate this a little bit more tomorrow. I thought this was interesting from the Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. And I think there are a lot of parents out there that are probably going to agree with this. But I wonder if they're able to enforce it. What is the right age for a child to start using social media? I worry that right now, if you look at the the guidelines from the platforms that age 13 uh, is when kids are technically allowed to use social media. Uh, I personally, based on the data I've seen, believe that 13 is too early. And I think that it's a time, you know, early adolescence where kids are developing their identity, their sense of self, and the skewed and often distorted environment of social media often does a disservice to many of those children. You know, it scares the hell out of me. And social media was sort of coming of age when my older kids were were getting their phones and everything. And there's certainly been damage inflicted. But I don't think that's a terrible idea at all. The thing is, is that we, you know, we give these kids and I was guilty of it because of my, you know, I used my divorce as an excuse. The kids weren't living in the home. Get them phones as soon as possible because I wanted them to be able to communicate. I don't think that's a great move, especially when it comes to social media. And I do firmly believe that we don't, you know, I'll just speak broadly 
people can agree or disagree. There's good parents out there that put the hammer down more, but I don't yeah. think we do enough to keep the kids off of some of these uh, platforms. And I mentioned this before the break. There's an actress who just passed away that has some St. Louis connections. She, um, she was from here originally. Her name is Annie Wershing and wasn't a major star. She played a really key role on one of the, um, well, maybe a couple of seasons on the show 24. Did you ever watch 24? I did. I loved that show. And I liked her a lot on Bosch. Have you yeah, ever she was on Bosch. Bosch? Yeah, oh, I've never I watched Bosch, but that now. was a very popular Amazon show. She she played uh, Renee Walker, FBI agent Renee Walker. She was also on the series uh, Timeless. Um, I didn't know this. There's a series that's on HBO right now, which I'm a little lukewarm over. Everybody loves uh, The Last of Us, which is based on a video game. Mm, and the that. character named Tess, one of the lead characters, at least in the first couple episodes of The Last of Us, she voiced that character in the video game. Oh, Wow. But she died of cancer. But I, I had to just and, – and Sue, I wish I had this interview on, um, on archive. I looked for it. There was a guy who used to work in this building. He's in Denver now with some of the Clear Channel stations out there, whatever used to be Clear Channel, whatever they call that place now, iHeart, right? Mm-hmm. And his name was Tim Hager. He was one of our sales managers here. Did you ever know Tim? I don't think so. You know that name? Uh-uh. One day Tim was telling me this story, and – he started to tell, I don't remember exactly how this came down, but I do remember saying to him, wait a second, we need to talk about this on the air. Because I, as you know, I'm pretty big on spontaneity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I had this guy, Todd good. Blackstock, who came in from STL TV, we went to high school together. And I went out and one of the first things I said to him out there where Abby sits is, don't take this the wrong way. I do not want to speak with you because I want the spontaneity. So Tim... We, we we recorded this interview, as I remember. It wasn't live. He came in. He told me this amazing story of how one of, if I remember correctly, one of his uncles said something at one point when they were asking about uh, if there's other members of the family or something that happened in the past. His uncle let something slip that his dad had kept a secret for a long time. One thing leads to another. Lawyers get involved. Annie Wershing ends up being his long-lost sister. What? No idea that, yeah— and this goes back like Wait 10 years. Wait a minute. Years. How did he find out? Well, did he ask at his one dad? point, yeah, there was something. And then at one point, what I remember is Annie, they connected because a lawyer connected and said, we think that we have your sister. We're not sure. So, Tim, this is one of the things I remember from the story that he uh, gets on the phone with her the first time. And Annie is his sister. They're reconnecting. Tim's like, well, I'm a radio. What, I do radio sales in St. Louis. What do you do? I'm an actress. Is there anything that I may have seen you on? And this was right in the aftermath of 24. Nuts. This is nuts. Now, they connected in such a great way. And, and if I would read to you what Tim Hager wrote on his Facebook page about Annie Wershing saying, this is what he wrote. You're coming into my life with such a tremendous blessing. I cherished it so much. I got to have a little sister. It was so amazing. I'm so proud of you. You're so tough. I got to have a front row seat to your remarkable fight, putting all that damn makeup on for strength. Star Trek, right after chemo and no one knew, busting out the hospital just in time to make Ozzy's performance. That was one of her sons cleaning the whole damn house and making it Christmas as I beg you to chill the F out. And I heard you yesterday, Annie, the remarkable strength in your final hours to get the words, I love you out to me and tell me to pray. Annie Wershing died far, far too young at the age of, I think it was just 53. And that's a, an amazing connection. And I sent a message to Tim just saying, I'm sorry, she was only 45, 45. Only 45. I sent a message to Tim saying, I'll never forget you know, that interview. I wish I still had it because it was a great reconnection. At least they had the time that they did. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. 
But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? ...a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.